are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, another day of the offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans, but we've got a good bit to talk about. We've got some draft news, the tiebreaker between the Chicago Bulls, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Sacramento Kings was broken yesterday. That means we know where they're going to be picking, provided no one moves up. We'll give you that update, what it means for New Orleans, and why, frankly, it's not. It's probably the worst case scenario that could have happened to them. Then Corey Brewer, player development coach for New Orleans, wrote an article over at basketballnews.com. Want to take away uh, a couple of takeaways from things that he wrote about, about his experience and some of the players on the team, particularly Zion Williamson and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Then we're going to wrap up with the season in review on Jackson Hayes. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me today, 6 p.m. Central, to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I also quickly want to mention something when I was talking about Stan Van Gundy yesterday and kind of summing up the point. I think I'm, I think I got that across, but it, it, the way to sum it up kind of hit me after the fact. So we're not going to spend a segment on this. I think we've spent enough air, words, oxygen, all of that here at time uh, talking about Stan Van Gundy and the roster. There, There's concerns there. Like there, there really are concerns. That's the point I want to drive at home, but also things that are fixed and nothing that's, you know, not able to kind of be to, to go away or anything like that. The the point that I think what what I was trying to make and I found the way to sum it up and I put it in the title of yesterday's show is by going forward with Stan Van Gundy and not moving on from him with some clear limitations, bad coaching, bad engagement of some of these players, let's call it, they're doubling down on him. I think it is safe to say that Stan Van Gundy was the wrong hire. There were worse hires they could have made too, but this was also the wrong hire. And by going forward with him and not ripping this Band-Aid off, it seems like they're doubling down on Stan Van Gundy. You better really be sure that this dude can get it right if you're going to double down on him like this because this is such a pivotal season coming up. Anyway, that's all I want to say about that. Another thing I'm going to start doing, and I'm ripping this off from the Locked on Thunder show. When I do season in reviews, we're also going to buy stock or sell stock in the players. So yesterday we talked about Najee Marshall. I am buying all of the Najee Marshall stock when it comes to that kind of guy. When it comes to Jackson Hayes, we'll say, are we buying, are we selling, holding, kind of all that stuff. It's gimmicky, but it's kind of fun, and I dug it. So we're going to use it for this going forward. So anyway, the news of the day And the important stuff for the Pelicans when it comes to the draft is the tiebreaker between the Chicago Bulls, the Sacramento Kings, and New Orleans, who all had 31 and 41 records and were tied for 8th, ninth, 10th, however you want to kind of put it, in the draft, has been broken. And it went really the wrong way for New Orleans. Chicago got 8th, Sacramento got 9th, the Pelicans got 10th. They all share the same percent odds of jumping up. So they all have a four and a half percent chance of jumping up. They all have a, or to the number one overall pick. They all have a 20.3% chance of getting into the top four. So being eight or 10 doesn't matter for that side of things. It does matter though, if you don't jump up and this is not good for New Orleans. So if 
any of the four teams behind New Orleans jumps up, New Orleans is going to drop down a spot. They could end up 11th, 12th, or 13th, even 14th, if all sorts of craziness goes on. They could also jump up themselves. But if none of the teams jump up and it goes chalk, the Pelicans are going to be picking 10th instead of 8th. It's a significant difference there. And not one that was great for New Orleans. One more loss. One more loss would have put them solely in the eighth spot. They weren't going to catch Toronto, who finished with four fewer wins than they did. But one more loss really would have helped New Orleans out here. And I don't know if they could have tanked, really, and done any more than they could have. But you do look back at that Charlotte Hornets game, the fifth game before the season ended for New Orleans, where Eric Bledsoe played 30-something-plus minutes, 33 minutes, and scored 24 points and helped him get a victory when he finally started playing well at the end of the year, when maybe, maybe it was time to not play him and play guys like Kyra Lewis Jr. more minutes or a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker more minutes at the end of the season. And maybe you would have lost that game. And if they had done that, well, would have made a big difference in this. It's a mistake. It's a big mistake. Playing Eric, it's really just playing Eric Bledsoe, right? Like he finally started playing somewhat well. He gets you a win when you, at that point, were mathematically almost eliminated and it wasn't looking likely that you would get into the play in tournament. Didn't need to happen. And now New Orleans is picking 10th instead of 8th. Just another mistake in. Uh, in a row and a numerous amount of them when it came to this season. Just not not a good year for New Orleans, and it's kind of punctuated by the fact that they're picking 10th instead of 8th, potentially. Not what you want. Just just not, not what you want. Not the smart thing to do. Kind of disappointing to see. The coin flips went about as wrong for New Orleans as they could have gone, but at least the odds didn't really change other than kind of marginally around the edges. We don't need to get into that stuff. So they're picking 10th, not 8th, not 9th, 10th. So coming up next, Corey Brewer, player development coach for your New Orleans Pelicans, talking about Zion Williamson and some of the other guys and what he saw from them this season, where he wants to see them going forward. He wrote an article about it. We'll take we'll have some of the key takeaways here coming up next. But before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans, and the app is free to download. And once you're in, you're in. You can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And I host rooms for Locked On Pelicans once a week so yes you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day locker room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league and you'll find fans just like you on locker room for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and of course reacting to big news or rumors and you got a chance to chat with me and be featured on the show here you all hear me play a clip from this every thursday now because it's fun it's interactive you don't normally get to have that with me but you can in these live locker room chats so be sure to join me today Today at 6 p.m. Central, go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You can follow me. It's at Nola Jake when my room goes live. And I know you don't want to miss this week's where we're going to be talking all things draft, lottery, all of that. I ask questions of you because I want to hear your opinions as well. And I've got questions for you too. So this should be a lot of fun. Um, again, I will see you there. It's 6 p.m. Central on the locker room map download it from wherever you get your apps so pelicans 
player development coach Corey Brewer, who joined Stan Van Gundy's staff this season, his first year as an NBA coach after a number of years in the league, wrote an article over at basketballnews.com talking about his work and the players that he worked with. And I thought it was pretty interesting. I wanted to look at some of the key takeaways here. First and foremost was how he kind of connected with some of these guys. And I thought that was kind of really interesting interesting that he said it it takes a lot of work it's different for him to really be there and with practice time limited he wasn't sure it seems like of the type of connection he was going to be able to make with these guys but he said it's funny you know he played with Brandon Ingram Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart along with Steven Adams and having trust and familiarity with those guys already was something that helped him work with those guys as the season went on connecting with players rather important having a guy that's somewhat recently removed from the league and having recently played with some of these guys and then being able to step in as a coach immediately have that trust with them does seem like a really big advantage particularly in a season like this one when covid uh concerns and protocols and limitations were all over the place So he goes on to speak about some of the players that he worked with, and I want to look at some of those takeaways here. The first is Zion Williamson, and he says something that is what I've been thinking, and I get a a question a lot. I had this on the radio on WWL on Monday where the question was, what's Zion need to work on this offseason? What do you want to see him add? What do you want to see him do? Is it refining what he's already done or does he need to add something new to his game we know how amazing he is attacking the rim finishing around the rim and just being that that dude that we saw historic down low and trust me we're going to talk a lot about this this offseason and I said you know what I think I want to see him add to his game and work on is not a three-point shot but more of an in-between game more of a mid-range game a pull-up jumper a floater in the vein of each one more something like that because teams are going to start really crowding and taking away the rim from him and if he has a way to make them pay for doing that it could be a three-point shot but I want something that when he's moving down a hill he can go to when the team when the defense has collapsed they'll start to guard him on the perimeter they already do but it's once he's already moving with that momentum can he catch a team giving him space in the mid-range because they're more worried about the rim. They'll guard him on the three-point line and try and crowd him out there and try and contest him there. But if he gets that mid-range game and he starts moving downhill like a freight train that he is, no one's going to contest that because you're just backpedaling as quick as you can. And if he has some sort of hesitation in the dribble, pulls up, drains a mid-range jumper or a floater or a runner or what have you, he's going to be able to get that every single time. And that's what Corey Brewer says that he needs to add. The next step for him is to add some mid-range and continue to develop his three-point shooting. That's the quote. If he'll be consistent, if if he's able to become consistent out there, it'll open things up for him and his teammates. It'll also make him literally unstoppable. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's the mid-range game for him. You don't want him to go to that all the time. You don't want him to turn into Anthony Davis, who went right to that in game one of the Lakers' loss, uh, in the Lakers' loss to the Phoenix Suns. But you want him to be able to break that out so that he can beat teams that are deciding to just play back off of him, heavy, heavy drop coverage, things like that, to worry, you know, because they're so worried about the rim. And if he does that, oh, heck yeah, he's going to absolutely be able to light the league on fire and no one's going to have an answer for that. You're not going to go and contest that mid-range. You'll have it every single time he wants. And if you do with those little body blows, it's going to open things up for the teammates. It's going to make it easier for him to get to the rim. And I think that 
is what's going to be really, really great for him. He also goes on to talk about Brandon Ingram, talking about how he knows he needs to continue to improve, and that's his priority. They said, we've been working with him on making quicker decisions, getting to his spots, and learning how to counter the looks that defenses are giving him. It's not a secret anymore. Other teams are building defensive game plans around him, and his ability to adjust and learn how to read coverages is really what's going to help him remain productive and help the team compete every single night. Love it. They're basically trying to add basketball ball IQ to Brandon Ingram. That's what they want to see more out of him. He's a great shooter, a great score. He's done well adjusting his shot profile with Zion Williamson out there. Now he needs to take it to the next level and kind of lead that team, be more of that point Ingram that we've seen flashes of making the right decision, knowing what the counter is going to be, that toughness, that basketball IQ. That's what David Griffin wants to add. And the coaching staff The development staff seems to really be working with him on all of that. I think that is really where he needs to be better. In terms of Nikhil, he also talks about him a little bit and thinks he's going to be a big-time scoring guard in the league for years to come. He's doesn't he says he doesn't get the same kind of attention as some of our other players but he's going to get there trust me there's a lot of stuff in his game and even though he's still figuring out his strengths he's going to be a dangerous dangerous player earlier in the season he scored 37 points against the Clippers in Los Angeles so you can see the potential he had some other big games too so you know his future is bright even right now he has a good mid-range game and once his finishing gets better he's going to be really tough to stop finishing around the rim for him would be really good It'll open his game up a whole lot more. The Pelicans need that kind of aggressive guy. He does the aggressive things. That's really great. But the problem is, I think that he, you know, I don't think he's good at finishing and that's a bit of a problem right now. He's not a great three-point shooter either. If he can become more consistent in both of those areas, I'll feel really, really good about what he can become. But right now, Of the two between Nikhil and Jackson Hayes, and we're going to talk about Jackson Hayes in just a second here, I trust more that I think Jackson Hayes is going to develop into the better player than I do Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But if he can get consistent, if he can finish at the rim better and kind of convert and become a more efficient player, he is going to be a very, very good scorer. So coming up next season in review on Jackson Hayes, a very, very good year for him. We'll break it all down for you coming up next here. But before we do that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about which ones they think taste the best. The flavors, if you don't know, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's absolutely something for everyone. Everyone, my favorite flavor, I've told you, mint brownie, double chocolate, or any of the special flavors. I have coconut churro puff, the birthday cake bar that's covered in white chocolate with sprinkles and still somehow healthy for you is absolutely delicious. And if you want to try all nine of the regular flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the different flavors. Most of them have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories. Some have 18 grams of protein and just 180 calories. You're not wasting all that cardio that you just did. So go get that raspberry, the mint brownie, whatever special flavor they've got on sale that day. And you can do that by going to builtbar.com and using promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action over at betonline.ag. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as the NBA playoffs are underway. Plus, BetOnline.ag, one of the few places with WNBA odds that season's really getting underway. Now you want to get in on the action. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money right there on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, season in review series going on. Jackson Hayes time, second year center, former eighth overall pick. And he is one of the bright spots of the Pelican season. This was a guy who started the year in the rotation, but really, like really, really struggled. Did not play good basketball whatsoever to the point where they had to basically drop him from the rotation. And they did. He played the first bunch of games, 16 games or so, and then basically didn't really play for the entire month of February. To start the year, the first 16 games, he averaged four points per game on good shooting, 62%, four rebounds, and that was about it. He wasn't very good. He wasn't all there defensively, didn't really seem to know where to be or anything like that, and he got drumped. Uh, drumped, dropped from the rotation. Basically, he recorded his first DNP on January 9th and didn't really start to see regular play again until March 3rd. So basically the entire month of February, he was out and logged a number of games where he didn't play. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 during that stretch. It wasn't a good month for Jackson Hayes whatsoever, but during that time, he clearly put in the work with the player development coaches, and there's a number of them on the team, and he came back ready to play and to make an impact on this roster, and you have to love a story like this. A young guy who gets dropped from his time playing and then comes out and shows you, okay, I've worked on it. I'm ready to be here, and he did. Once he started making his appearances again, so going back from March 3rd on, he averaged 10 points per game alongside five rebounds, shot 62% from the field, and 43% from three on like as limited attempts as possible. 80% from the line and also gave you about a block per game and defensively the eye test with him looked like a rim protector is basically the best way to say it he was just flat out good by the way to close the game or to close the game to close the season when he started getting some significant run the final 11 games of the year where he's averaging 22 21 and a half minutes 13 points per game, six rebounds, one assist, 1.3 blocks. He did it shooting 58% from the field and 43% from deep and 80% from the free throw line. Just flat out good numbers. When you start to look at the improvement that he made over his rookie season to his second season in like every metric, it was there. He became a solid rebounder, not an elite rebounder, but a solid rebounder. His defensive rebounding percentage of 18.6, it's six best on the team, but it's pretty close to Steven Adams at 20.4. And we rave about the rebounding that Steven Adams does. He grabs 10.4% of offensive rebounds available. That's higher than Zion Williamson does. 
All of those numbers are good. He blocks about 4% of shots when he's out there on the court. That's a really good number too, and he doesn't really turn the ball over a ton. He doesn't have a high usage rate whatsoever. All of the metrics look good, and when you look at any of the advanced defensive metrics, he's above, he's average or above average for the most part, especially compared to the rest of the team here. He passed the eye test. He passed the metric test. He did kind of everything. I don't know if he's ready to be a full-time starter in the league just yet, but I don't think he's that far off. Ideally, you would like someone else to be your starting center at the beginning of the year, okay? But if he keeps improving like he has, I think you can roll with him. I think, again, you'd ideally like someone else, but you could probably make do with him being the starting center, particularly if he keeps playing defense like he did. And he was a actual deterrent for people at the rim, blocking shots left and right, especially at the end of the year. The Pelicans need someone like that. Steven Adams, good rebounder, not a great rim protector or defender, at least not anymore. Plus, Jackson Hayes is a vertical spacing threat. He actually also has kind of the three-point shot too, which is kind of funny. He would like break that out and showed a lot of confidence stepping into that three-point attempt. Um, Over the course of the season, he actually led the Pelicans in three-point percentage, but he only took 14, making six of them. But he would step into those and confidently take them at the end of the year. And that's a little bit surprising. They weren't just kind of desperation shots, just going, no, I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to make this. And he did. He worked on his game and he's added a lot of the necessary things to make him a reliable player and be a guy who should at least, at the very least, be in the rotation, but I think could be a fringe starter next year. That vertical spacing, you know, he's such a lob dart, you have to keep a guy on him. You come off of him. They're just going to lob it up to him and he's going to throw it down. He might be able to get higher than Zion Williamson does. That's impressive and exactly what you want to see out of him. He was really good this year. So again, if we're doing buy or sell when it comes to these guys, the season's in review. I am buying as much Jackson Hayes stock as I could possibly buy. I was super high on him when they drafted him. I'm faded a little bit on him, but definitely like back in force when it comes to Jackson Hayes. So buying, buying, buying all of the stock. Um, because I do think he's going to be a very credible piece for New Orleans next season. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. More of the season in review tomorrow, and we're going to get more into the draft as well. Um, we're doing a fun exercise over with the Locked On Podcast Network when it comes to that. Probably talk some NBA playoffs too. I'm watching the Clippers play or play the Mavs and the chaos that could ensue there. And oh my God, do I hope we're going to get chaos. So we might talk about that a little bit tomorrow. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.